on July 4th, I woke up in the morning and I heard the Lord say something to me very clearly. I had been seeking him about some things in my personal life and in the life of this ministry and in this church. And I heard him say these words to me. (laughs) You have need of patience. Yes, Lord. Sarah, you have need of patience. Okay. I thought I was needing a lot of other things, or I was in need of some other things. But he wanted to tell me that morning what I was actually in need of. You know, oftentimes the Holy Ghost, he will tell you things that will, it'll be one phrase or one line, and it will not be the thing you were expecting, but it helps you so much. And it will t- it'll, it'll course correct you. It'll set you on a path that'll take you out of a slump that you've been in and set your feet on a, a, a solid ground. That's what he'll do for you if you'll seek him and you'll ask him to help you. You know, he doesn't want you to stay down in a pit. He wants you to come up out of that place, and he wants you to soar like on the wings of eagles. That's his goal is that we would soar in this life, and we would rule and reign. So if you have a question, go ahead and ask him. I woke up that morning. You have need of patience. So I just got my phone out, and I started to write. And I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote. When Jeremy woke up, I read him the whole thing. He was probably really bored, but he, he did say, no, he liked it. He did say, Sarah, this is like a book. You know, you need to write this down. You know how women have, like, thousands of words that they have to get out every day, right? Okay, and, but aren't you thankful for our patient husbands? <laughs> listen and just it's so I'm so thankful so you have need of patience and I begin to think about all these elements of patience you know we as a generation we are like uh, we live life on a racetrack okay we're we have been trained as sprinters not as endurance runners and we live this, we are constantly, we're, we're, we're the fast food generation. I mean, when you get hungry, your tummy signals your brain, I need food and I need it now, right? So what everybody's been accustomed to doing is they go and they drive through McDonald's, uh, Arby's, Wendy's, all these fast food restaurants. I don't do that personally. Okay, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't like it because I used to do that, and I know I feel better not eating that. So, but as a generation, we go through this. We are quick to respond to our flesh and what we want and what we need, and we need it now, and we want it now, and give it to me now. And that is the kind of, uh, that's the age we're living in. And we're always on the rush, we're always on the go, we're always hurrying along. But the Lord was telling me, Sarah, you need patience. See, you want to know what happens when you are hungry and you're needing to eat. When you go into the kitchen and you begin to stir up and saute whatever's cooking in that skillet. Let's talk about hamburgers here for a second. Jordan 
is really good at making hamburgers. My brother up here on the stage, man, he makes a good hamburger. It's better, way better than In-N-Out, okay? You're stirring up, you're sauteing that food in that skillet. While you're making that 10, 15 minutes, what's happening in the preparation time is just as important as as what is about to happen when you sit down to scarf it down. Your body is actually preparing to ingest that food. Your body is, your digestive system is beginning to get, it's getting ready to take in those nutrients. And you know what? If you will sit there and prepare and stir and smell it, every part of that process is hugely important to getting over into us, to sitting down and eating. And if you don't have that preparation time, the body is actually not prepared for the scarf down. It's not prepared. It needs that time, that preparation time. It needs the process. It needs that patient preparation to be able to get over into that place where you will enjoy the promise of that hamburger, right? You're looking forward to it. You're enjoying that process. But, you know, sometimes we don't want to be patient, And I have heard this Lord say this to me, that so many people want the promise but are unwilling for the patient endurance. They're unwilling to wait to see see that promise fulfilled. You know, you think about in any area of your life, some of you guys, some of you girls maybe, you want muscles. You want to be fit. Some people want to work out. Some people want to lose weight. But then you, you start off on a trek, and you start that way. But then in the meantime, you think, oh, it's not working. I don't know if it's working. You just haven't seen anything, you know, come out on the surface. <laughs> and so you think, oh, it's just not working. But you don't realize that there is something working. And under the surface, it is working. And you, this is the same way it is with the Word of God. You begin to speak the word of God. You begin to plant it in the soil of your heart. Like Jeremy talked about the seeds being sown in the soil. And you begin to let it um, just go ahead and take root on the inside. And as that's being planted and as it's being sown in there, so often the temptation, the problem is, is not just with the faith, it's with the patience. And, you know, the Bible tells us that it's by faith and patience that we inherit the promise. You need two things to take you over the top into the promised land. You need faith and you need patience to go with it. It doesn't matter. We are big faith people. And we are getting excited and we start off in faith. But, you know, you need another element. You need faith's companion. And faith's companion is patience. I need patience to take me on in to the promised land. And, you know, this is, this is one of those things that, like I said, we start off. You know, I want to challenge you with something. Here's the thing. You sow these seeds of the word of God in your heart. You read the word. You plant the word. You begin to let it grow up in the soil of your heart. You begin to thank God for his promise. Isn't this how faith works? Father, I want to thank you. I want to praise you that, I, that your word says, By his stripes I am healed. 
I want to thank you that you came and you sent your word and you delivered me from all destruction. I want to praise you for that. I thank you that it's coming to pass in my life. I thank you that I am the healed of Lord. And you begin to do that. And you begin to do it day after day after day. What is consistency is a powerful part of patience. You do that day after day after day, and then three, four, five months down the road, you don't see anything out here on the surface. So you want to quit, and you want to stop. And the first temptation, to the, the first words that are tempting to say in that season of patience are, it's not working. But see, if you realize what happened when you said those words, all of this time, there is something happening underneath the surface. The Word of God has gone to work, and it is growing underneath. It just hasn't sprouted above the surface yet. And it's working, and it's working, and it's working. And as soon as you say it's not working, by the Spirit, you literally reach down, and you pull, that, uh, you pull up those roots that have gone down so deep. And if you could look at what you were holding in the spirit, you were holding a beautiful plant that was about to spring up above the surface, and it's got, it's got roots, long roots. And you're just holding it there. What if you had to just let it, let it grow? You know, Jeremy used one of my scriptures this morning. Let's say my scripture. All of our scripture. Um, it's in Genesis and it says this, 8.22, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So this is the way God does things, by seed, time, and harvest. Everybody gets so excited about the seed, planting the seed. Aren't you excited when you get to plant the seed? Oh, praise God, I'm excited. I'm going to plant the seed. I know it's going to come up in a harvest. I am so excited. I can see the harvest. It is going to come, it's going to come right on time. God is so awesome. I love, the, I love the planting of the seed, and I love the harvest time. Oh, you really love the harvest time, right? But what about the time in the middle of things. Seed, and then some things just take time, and then harvest. So what do you need in the middle of things? In media race, that's what we said in English class. You need patience. Let patience have its perfect work. You know, I was, as I was listening to the Lord talk to me this morning, I thought about hope and how hope, Bible hope, is patient expectation. It's expecting God to come through for you. It's expecting something good out in front of you in your future, that it's, it's coming and it's on its way. I am confidently expecting that it's working. This is Bible hope. Man, and it pleases God. It's awesome. But I, as I was praying about this, I heard this in my heart. And it's another scripture. And it's in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And really I thought about a dream deferred. Does anybody in here have a dream? Or has had a dream? 
a dream given from God of what you, an assignment maybe, of what you wanted um, to do with your life, a calling, a purpose, a dream from him about a family. Maybe it's uh, getting married someday and having kids. What about a dream to be healthy and strong when you've only felt bad for a long time? That is a dream. And a dream deferred or a dream delayed, taking longer than you thought it should, has the ability to make the heart sick or the heart weak. And you know, you can have dreams for your life. And if they don't come just when you want them to come or you think they should or it's taking too long, the heart has the opportunity to get discouraged, to get upset, to get frustrated, to to really leave the rest of God. But it says this, the fulfilled longing is a tree of life. When the desire comes, it is like life to you. Have you ever noticed that? When, man, you finally see what you've been believing for, it is like a spring of life that comes up on the inside of you. But the, the, the trick here from the enemy is to get you in that space of time between sowing and reaping. You know, Jeremy and I have said this for years, victory belongs to those who give thanks in the space between where they are and where they want to be. Giving thanks always. You know, this is what Philippians said to us here. Paul said to us in Philippians about not being anxious. And then it, it's so good. See, <laughs> thank you, Lord. The answer for an anxious mind is a thankful heart. And if you want to quiet the soul and you want to enter the rest, you got to get over into a place of thanksgiving in that space of time. And you've got to begin to thank him for the promise. Thank him that he's bringing you into the promised land. Um, as I was reading about this and thinking about it, I thought about how patience is so important to faith. You know, faith and patience are like peanut butter and jelly. Really. And then this is going to be a very cheesy example, okay? And some of you are like, I don't eat peanut butter. <laughs> okay, well, just bear with me, okay? Just think of something else. <laughs> Meat and potatoes. I don't know. Um, do you notice how when I preach, I always talk about food a lot. Are you guys, <laughs> are you guys really hungry in here? Um, but it really is. Peanut butter is good by itself. Really good. Anybody in agreement here? But man, you add a little bit of sweet jelly, I mean grape jelly to that peanut butter, it's going to take that sandwich over the top. Am I right? Okay, that's how it is with faith and patience. Patience is going to take you over the top. It's going to help you see your dream fulfilled. I even got an amen over that peanut butter and jelly example. Wow, this is awesome. Um. Let me, let me read that to you. No, first of all, let me just tell you about this. I'm thinking about this. How many examples of this in the Bible are faith heroes? Man, who persevered 
and they inherited the promise or the promised land through faith and patience. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. That's the temptation in the season of patience is to give up and to quit. And I was thinking about (laughs) Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Let's just look at his life for a minute because I think I saw some things this week when I was studying I have never seen before or realized, and I'm sure the Lord was just ministering to me, but Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will curse him who curses you, and, I will, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Oh, what a promise. Do you know I speak this over my family? In my family all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Glory to God. Talk about blessing humanity. I'm speaking this over my children now that they rise up someday and they bless humanity, that they serve the Lord, and that they are so far reaching that you can have a family that will bless the other families of the earth. Glory to God. Somebody ought to get a little excited about that because I'm excited and that's what I'm believing for my children. This family is going to bless other families. Mm. So good. So God gives Abram this promise. You know, at this time in his life, he's 75 years old. You know, this is some of the beginning of what we're hearing about him. He's already 75. And he gives him this promise. And we begin to see not just Abraham's life, but his life with God. And his walk with God. Abraham obeyed God then. And he took off in the direction that God told him to go. And it was just around that time that God gives Abraham a promise. And he tells him that you are going to be the father of many nations. Abraham takes this promise, but in his soul, he can't quite understand how God is going to bring this to pass. Because his wife, Sarah, um, was a barren. And so, as time goes on, we see Abram walking with God. And I think it's interesting that there was a lot of time that passed between his promise to have Isaac and the fulfillment of that promise. If you're to study it out, it's about 25 years between when God spoke the word and when Abraham and Sarah received Isaac in manifestation. 25 years had passed. And I love this. Um, Abraham learned a lot in the space between. He learned a lot. He learned a lot about God. 
he learned a lot about himself. I think it's interesting that Abram, there was a time in this 25 years space of time, this season of patience, that Abraham, his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. God had to reveal to him who he was. He had to give him an identity to see beyond who he had always been those previous 75 years before so that he could take him in to a better life, into a better land. So in this space between, Abraham learned about who he was. Even God changed his name. Also in this space between, Abraham had to walk, learn to walk by faith. He had to get up and leave his home, and he had to go on to the place that God had called him out to. He left his family and went out. Also during this time, Abraham had to learn how to walk away from material possessions and go on with God. Do you remember when Lot and him and his people, they began to fight and God gave them a choice? Abraham could have taken the best land, but what did he do? He gave it to Lot. He sowed it to Lot. These are life lessons that Abraham is learning in the process of patience, in the place of patience. Also, Oh, how awesome it is. Man, he learned about growing closer to his wife, his relationship. Do you remember he lied about Sarah? He told people that Sarah was his sister. Yeah, a couple t- different times. You'd think he learned after the first time. He lied and he told them that, he was, that she was his sister. What do you think that did to their marriage? They had to learn to grow close together. You know, as I studied out this word patience, in the Old Testament, you'll often see it in the form of waiting. Somebody will say, maybe the psalmist, I waited patiently on the Lord. He inclined and he heard my prayer. Or the Bible will tell us, wait on the Lord. What does this mean? It's not a waiting like I'm waiting in this space of time. It's a waiting that has energized expectation behind it. It's a patient expectation. I am in a season where I'm expecting God. I may not see the promise yet, but I've heard him speak to me, and I know that that promise is on the way. This is a patient expectation, and it is um, what we find in the Old Testament as the form of, they say, waiting, waiting upon the Lord. I'm going to expect that he's coming through for me. And as I was studying this, the Hebrew word for wait, to wait, and to patiently wait, is the word kavah. And it means to be entwined or to be twisted together as in a cord or a knot or a rope twisted together, the strands of a cord being twisted together or entwined together. And as I thought about it, I realized what happens in the season of patience, in that time, in that space between. We learn how to love his presence more, even more than the promise. We learn to love him. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit PearsonsMinistries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.